Wild Tater Podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway. Today we're going to talk about French sorrel, otherwise known as buckler-leaved sorrel, or Rumix scutatus. Now I'm going to dive right into the plants for a future website description of this, because anything I have to say about it will come with that pretty easily. Okay, so common name, buckler-leaved sorrel, or French sorrel. It's from the family Polygonaceae. It's uh, U.S. hardy to, from zones 5 to 9. Known hazards. Plants can contain quite high levels of oxalic acid, which is what gives the leaves of many member, members of this genus an acid lemon flavor. Perfectly all right in small quantities, the leaves should not be eaten in large quantities since the oxalic acid can lock up other nutrients in the food, especially calcium, thus causing mineral deficiencies. The oxalic acid content will be reduced if the plant is cooked. People with tendency to rheumatism, arthritis, gout, kidney stones, or hyperacidity should take a special caution if including this plant in their diet since it can aggravate their condition. Okay, with that um, little uh, disclaimer, just know that that's a similar disclaimer can be given with things like Swiss chard and... Uh, and spinach however it may be a little bit higher content because of this lemon acidy flavor that it talks about okay habitats old walls and mountain pastures i love that old walls i mean you can find it in old walls <laughs> now my uh french sorrel does not look like the pictures the pictures here make it look like watercress or some kind of thing with little you know beady leaves and mine is more like a romaine lettuce look. I mean, it's big old leaves and, and so forth. I bought mine at a, at a uh, nursery in the herb section, and that's where you're most likely to find it if you look in a store, look in the herbs, you know, the mints and things like that. So, okay, um, physical characteristics. Rumix scutatus is a perennial, that's what I like about it, any salad that's a perennial is awesome. Growing to 0.6 meters or 2 feet by 0.6 meters or 2 feet um, at, at a medium rate. It is hardy to zone 6 and is not frost tender. Now, I have heard that it can be considerably uh, lower uh, hardiness. We'll find out because I just planted mine this year and I'm in 5A. If it does wonderfully then I'm going to suggest that you could probably try it down to zone 4, but we'll see. It is in flower from June to July, and the seeds ripen from July to August. The species is hermaphrodite, has both male and female organs, and is pollinated by wind. If I had to choose, I would have all my plants hermaphrodite, just because trying to make sure you have a male and a female, or a male and many females, if they're a fruiting plant or something, gets to be a little bit annoying. However, with this plant, it almost doesn't matter because unless you're planning on propagating it, it will come back on its own and you can enjoy the benefits year after year. I, however, would like to propagate and have this stuff everywhere. Okay. Um, it is noted for attracting wildlife. Suitable for light, medium, and heavy soils, sandy, loamy, and clay, and prefers well-drained soil. Suitable pH acid, neutral, and basic alkaline soils. 
It can grow in semi-shade, light woodland, or no shade. It, prefer, it prefers moist soil and can tolerate drought. This, or the plant can also tolerate strong winds, but not maritime exposure. Now, when I hear it say that it's suitable for light, medium, and heavy clay soils, as well as shade or no shade, sunny, everything, you know, like it works anywhere kind of sound, then that immediately puts up the potential invasive flag for most people. For me, it puts up the potentially uh, lucrative, the potentially um, abundant flag and says, says, yes, get this because you would like this to take over your yard. I don't know if this is one that uh, has a tendency to do so. Maybe it'll say so further on in, but uh, just know that this is a good one to that should be a good survivor once it gets established. Okay, habitats, ground cover, east wall, in south wall, in, I'm not sure if in means inches, or in, uh, anyway, uh, west wall, in. Edible uses, leaves. Okay, leaves can be eaten raw or cooked. A delicious lemon-like flavor. Most people find them overpowering if used in quantity, but they make a delightful addition to the salad bowl and can be used as a pot herb. This species has less acid leaves and so is often preferred to sorrel, um, which is Rumix acetosa or acetosa, depending on how that's pronounced. This, or the leaves should be used sparingly due to the oxalic acid content. Okay, and I think it's good to keep that in mind, the oxalic acid thing. You know, since it has more than some other things, you're going to want to be careful. But once you taste this stuff, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to be careful not to eat this in quantity because it's delightful. And, you know, this is coming from somebody who loves rhubarb. I can, you can hand me a stock of rhubarb. You can hand me three stocks of rhubarb and I'll just chomp them one after another. I love that, that, uh, lemony flavor and this um, leaf is very similar in flavor to rhubarb and I suspect could be cooked similar to rhubarb. I would be very interested in finding some recipes which I will I intend to do in the future. Um, find some recipes of for cooking it because oxalic acid is considerably reduced in plants when it is cooked and um, so medicinal uses. The leaves are antiscorbutic, astringent, diuretic, laxative, and refrigerant. And lest any of you think like I first did that diuretic means it gives you diarrhea, you know, the laxative part could suggest that, but the diuretic, actually what it means is it dries your system, um, which can be useful for a lot of things if you look more into diuretics and what they're used for. Um, there's, it's, I, I forget uh, um, what all uh, diuretics are used for, but it does not mean that it will give you diarrhea. Just to clarify that. They are rarely used as a specific, specifically medicinal plant, mostly because they're such a good edible, you know, it's like using lettuce for medicinal purposes. You could do it, but uh, it's just such a good edible that why would you? Anyway, other uses. The cultivar Silver Shield 
makes a good, if rampant, ground cover beside paths and in front of borders. Although no specific mention has been made for these species, uh, dark green or brown and dark gray dyes can be obtained from the roots and many, and many species of this genus. They do not need a mordant. Now, for those of you who are interested in dye-making natural dyes, maybe you want to do artistic work or, or um, embroidery, knitting, and so forth, where you want to dye some yarns and so forth, a mordant is what you need to make a color stick. So let's just say, for example, you wanted a nice yellow and you had some dandelion flowers to make this nice yellow out of. Okay, you're going to need a mordant to make the yellow stick to the dye so that when you use the dye, it will stick. If you use something um, that has great color but has no mordant, it'll probably wash out. And that kind of defeats the purpose of dyeing, right? And so um, plants that provide a dye that don't need a mordant mean that they stain well enough that they will the colors should stick without needing extra help. Now there are mordants that you can add to uh, most uh, potential dyes. I, I believe alum, which is the that weird fluffy seasoning that most people have in their cupboard and don't know what to do with unless they're a cook. Uh, they that's one of the things that is a is a very simple mordant that people can find. Anyway, if you don't need a mordant, then it's probably a great source of dye because skip that step, you know. Anyway, cultivation details. A very easily grown plant, succeeding in most soils, but preferring a moist, moderately fertile, well-drained soil in a sunny position. Prefers a rather dry soil. Established plants are drought tolerant. Plants often self-sow freely in the garden. Buckler-leafed sorrel is occasionally cultivated for its edible leaves. There are some named varieties that have been selected for their ornamental value. A food plant for the caterpillars of many species of butterfly. That's cool. Okay, propagation. Seed. So spring in a cold frame. Germination is rapid. The seedlings can be pricked out into individual pots when they are large enough to handle and are planted out in early summer. It should also be possible to sow the seed in situ, 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 in mid-spring, division in spring. Division is easy at any time in the growing season, though the plant establish, will establish better in the spring. Larger divisions can be planted out direct into their permanent positions. We recommend or we have found it best to pot up similar divisions and grow them in lightly shaded position in a cold frame, planting them out once they are well established in the summer. Okay, so that is pretty much the uh, um, the whole thing. There are very many, or there are many uh, variations on this, or not variations. There are many relatives that uh, you might want to look into as well. Curly dock is a very common one around here. It's found in the wilderness. I, I do believe it is that these are all foreign, meaning they came from Europe or, or somewhere else um, besides the U.S. where we are, but uh, they've established so stinking well that, uh, you know, you, you, they're 
you can't get rid of them now if you wanted to. Um, and let me say this. This is in the rhubarb family. The polygonaceae is the buckwheat and uh, rhubarb family. And for those of you who don't know what buckwheat is, it is not wheat. And it is not something that grows like wheat or um, sometimes it may be used as a wheat-like substance, but it is a totally different kind of plant. And uh, this whole family, at least all the members that I've come across, have s strong similarities in, in a lot of it. One of them being that rhubarb flavor. That's kind of a hallmark of the polygonaceae family. And um, for example, the uh, um, curly dock that we find around here has just a slight bit of that spice, that not spicy, um, that lemony sour flavor. However, the French sorrel that I planted this year has a wonderfully, you know, tangy uh, flavor, which I, I, I love. I'm, I'm a sour fan, and, and it's, it's not like it's like, you know, puckery um, sour. It's, it's more just like, just imagine having a green salad and, and just taking a, a, a little a lime or something, kind of squeezing it over the bowl and then kind of mixing it in and giving it a little bit of a lime-like flavor. It's, it's something like that. And it gives it that kind of a flavor. And I think you could add that kind of a flavor to a salad by simply cutting up some uh, sorrel leaves into it. There are many other kinds of sorrel, such as mountain sorrel and so forth, that are sometimes considered weeds, but... Uh, but in permaculture gardens, you will find it a great deal because people realize the value of it and want to use it. French sorrel is one that is generally cultivated for its leaves like salad or to be used in a salad. Um, it's one that you'll find in, in the common gardener's garden if they know about it and have tasted it. It's fantastic, like I say. And with that, thank you all of you so much again for listening.